Welcome back to Muse to the Pharaoh. I'm your host, Darling Nisi. If you're joining us today, this is actually part two of an auntie's episode. We are exploring prince and race through the series Planting Flags in the Funk. And we wanted to start out that series from the perspective of black women who grew up with Prince, being there from day one, experiencing him as young girls and then teens and later young women from a black perspective. You might want to go ahead and check out part one. As part two, we're getting into some of his later career and some of the things that are happening towards the end of his life as well. Okay, let's get into it. Purple Rain came out, uh, and the revolution came out. A lot of us, that felt like uh, rejection. I was very, I was, I felt the rejection, but I also felt like he found that winning formula, and that soundtrack was fire. Yeah. I wore and it was good. Subject. It was all it was, good. It was, it was fire. I wore it out. I wore it out. Yeah. I wore it out to the point where um, I had an emotional connection because I told Alicia this offline. Watching the movie Purple Rain, I'm literally sitting there as a 16 year old, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm pregnant. And when that, when Dove's cry was like, that's exactly what the sound of a murder is going to sound like when I tell my mother that my 16-year-old behind is pregnant by my son's dad, who was not 16. Mm. And to this day, my son, I finally had to tell him why he's so connected to that song, because I wouldn't talk to anyone. I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant, but I listened to that soundtrack over and over and over again. And I had to explain to him, that's probably why you have this visceral, you know, like in his soul connection to it, because it was the only way I got my emotions out, you know, because I had to find a way to tell my mom that, no, I'm not going to be a doctor or lawyer right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And so, again, I, I thank Prince for providing a means for me to work through conflict that I had going on in my life at that time. So I, I, I had a mixed bag of emotions towards uh, preparation. It was more so uh, when I was watching the visuals and then the ensuing, you know, frenzy. Everybody yes. wanted to sound like him. Yes. They were lying. All the groups were lying that they came from Minneapolis so they could get on the radio. Every <laughs> yes. store had the clothes. You they looked like him. Um, and yes. everybody looked like him for years after that. He did the, the, the he did it. Was, everything. That's the other thing that I absolutely love about Prince. It just yes. this, there was a there was an entire genre that was created yes. with all of his um, groups and people he yeah. produced, yeah. bands yeah. he brought together for projects that he just didn't he couldn't physically do himself or perform yeah. or whatever. I, that's the part I love about him. And the funny thing is, um, you know, after he died and everybody was pulling out all this music and, you know, one of my coworkers came to me and, you know, I just had this smirk on my face and he, he was playing, um, he was playing Sinead O'Connor's version of nothing, <laughs> which I, I'm sorry, I've never liked. And, uh, and he said, Oh, I didn't realize Prince wrote this. I said, you need to do a lot of research. You're going to find a, quite yeah. a few songs that Prince wrote. I, and I started naming them. I said, The Bangles, Manic Monday, Yeah, things. Exactly. So I said, uh, just, just a little research. He said, I had no idea. And I said, well, you, you probably weren't a real Prince fan. So. <laughs> yeah, it seems to me it was like two different worlds because... Uh, especially on black radio, everything sounded like Prince. 
Yes. The sound was crazy back then. Everybody. Yeah, and then ready for the world. because we are speaking of it of a black perspective michael d kanisa he is or that is my guy he brings on the most unique guest he had a guest who was on and i can't remember the gentleman's name but he gave us a perspective of what minneapolis was like from a black perspective and he shed light on the fact that when first avenue was called another club i can't figure the name they didn't even allow black artists in that Mm -hmm. club to perform Mm -hmm. Wow. And yet wow. you've got this per- population that lived right there in Minneapolis that completely ignored Prince. But the minute that movie came oh, out, which was oh, eight yes. years into his career, oh my God, that's our guy. You weren't claiming him before that movie. And the way that First Avenue has been promoted historically to benefit and reap the profits from um, the absolute amazing talent of this um, brother Prince and others. Uh, from this city um, has been kind of, it's really been, it's not a good look for us in this city, especially when Prince moved to, because of those issues, establish his own club venue, literally three blocks down the street called Glam Slam, then turn the quest. Talk to me a little bit about Glam Slam. So, so Prince opens his own club. I mean, what was, um, did people immediately flock to this and was it a successful uh yeah glam slam was definitely an open an more open accessible venue for uh black artists um black promoters and black people to uh basically uh you know what i'm saying uh move their way and navigate around the, the club scene uh prince's club became under an attack by the downtown business community. Now, these are the same people that were expressing their love for the brother and how great he was for the state and for the city of Minneapolis and so forth in his death. But these same people were uh, the most critical people in the business community um, that moved to shut his club down. Right. And he but really did, made light that? of the city environment, and it was very eye-opening for me. Yeah. A lot of people in Minneapolis did not like Prince. They when didn't. We, when we would go to Paisley Park, the people didn't know he was there. It's like, we're going to a Prince concert. Like, where? This is when he was still alive. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's like, I didn't know that was still open. They paid no attention to him. When he died, I felt some kind of way because everybody was out yes. in the street. But he couldn't even sell out Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his own hometown didn't yeah. embrace him the way we did in the Detroit and the New York. Like they loved him all along. I've actually spoken to we, people. We went down who are, there. 
the people in the stores, the people who walk in the When you add up all of the money that Prince has driven into Minneapolis during his lifetime, through all of the bands that have played shows there, to tourism, who people who are visiting the city because of, you know, think about Janet Jackson and how big she became after Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis started producing her. You know, you've got all of this revenue pumping into the city, but you mean to tell me you didn't know he lived out? in Paisley Park or he had an event going on. That's really odd to me. But it, it, it's kind of par for the course as well. You know, he was kind of under the radar. Granted, yeah. um, you know, kind of how he preferred it. But he also always hyped up Minneapolis. You know, where me and my ignorance, I didn't even know they were black people there. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't. Until Prince kept talking about how much he loved it and, you know, the people and all of that stuff. So... Um, I'm kind of jealous of you, Susie, that you were able to go to Minneapolis while he was alive, too. And that's that's very special hearing you talk about your experiences there. Yeah, can you yeah. talk about that, Susie? Uh, about, oh, this point. Well, I always wanted to go, right? And then they had the um, the, the uh, artificial agent uh, contest. <laughs> and we knew, because I'm, I'm way in New York. That's the one time we knew that there was actually going to be a contest. I mean, there was going to be a concert. <laughs> because any other time, he was just two days notice, you know. And how are you going to get time off from work and fly to Minneapolis and, you know, in two days notice? So this time we knew it was going to we had months in advance. But I said, I can't go. I don't have any money. Prince had um, tweeted one word, Gmail. So a few of us who got saw that tweet, we opened up Gmail accounts and we put our Gmail addresses, uh, you know, we tagged him on Twitter with the Gmail addresses. So wait, can I stop you right there? Can I stop you that, that quickly? Right there. So you... You knew that was because I'm telling you, I thought that I didn't think it was him, so I just I just ignored I just ignored him on social media. I thought it was assistance. So you, you yeah. in your heart got that intuition, like this is really our guy, mm-hmm. and he just said Gmail, and from Gmail you do to create. Wow. No, because at the time, so uh, like Prince was putting releasing songs through fans. He would you would wake up and there would be a new tune. In your email, that you know, he would tell you to yeah, and he would tell you to release it to the world or keep it for yourself. Mm. He did that a couple of times. So when he said Gmail, here's a new song coming. I want to be the one that he gives it to, right? Oh my gosh. So I I tweeted my Gmail address. I had just made it up, so nobody had that address. Every day I was looking at stupid uh, Gmail. Check that Gmail. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing. Brand new, shiny, nothing. Weeks, two weeks, still nothing. So I, you know, I forgot all about it. I don't even look check it anymore. A month later, I forgot all about it. But something said, check that Gmail address. And I swear, that day that I got a feeling to check that address, there was an email in there, and it and it was from some lady. And she said, I want you to go to Paisley Park. I'm like, huh? But I didn't trust it because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. And it took me a few days. I'm like, I'm not giving this person my address. I don't know who this is. May, I think maybe they saw my address, my Gmail address, when I posted it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody crazy. But lo and behold, <laughs> a few tweets later, I mean, not tweets, but emails back and forth, I gave that person my address. And I tried to find that person, and I couldn't. They sent me eleven hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah, this person I don't know who it was that sent me eleven hundred dollars to come to pay because they wanted me to go to Paisley Park. Wow! Can you believe that? I mean, I can believe it. That is so beautiful. I I can believe it. So beautiful. I believe it. I mean, it's so uh, it's so mind blowing and it's so beautiful. So I, you know, he did that. I'm not sure if I'm still not sure if it was him. Who else would have that kind of money lying around to give to a stranger? Yeah. yeah. We, went, we, went to, we went there and we were sat the, the, the day of the contest when she went to um, meet Prince and she was in Paisley Park. We knew there had to be a concert because they said it in the rules that the person, the contest winner would get a free concert. We get a concert. We didn't know we'd be able to come in, or we didn't know anything, but we were camped out in the parking lot. Wow. And, yeah. And a few, it was like 40 of us camped what? out in the parking lot. Yeah, because the people from, regular people from Minneapolis, you know, the cool kids. Yeah. That yeah. Jesse and Dorothy, well, uh, Dorothy was the winner, but all the kids from Minneapolis. So we went, we joined them, and we Camped out in the parking lot, and lo and behold, he opened the door and said, come in for $20. Oh. We went in there. Yeah, it wasn't even announced. The, the dance party the next day was announced. And that was even more than a concert. <laughs> and we got in. Oh, I, I can't believe this. My heart is pounding. Wow. And everything in there was just so soft, and everything was, you know, time disappeared. It was my first time. And wow. then, you know, uh, and it was Ooh. magical because I never was going to be able to go. Oh my gosh! What did it smell like? Never gonna what be did it smell like? The smells. I don't. It smelled like uh, the weekend. Oh my god! It's it, it's just it's it's surreal. There's no clock. You know. Wow. There's no time. There's only love. It, you just feel the love and. The, here you oh, are, purple it. people dancing to Prince music. We were just dancing and we danced for about an hour and then the big doors opened. And he and we didn't even know him and um third eye girl was already playing on the stage. Let's wow. Everybody turned around to look everybody started running. But it was only like party of us. So I'm like right under the mic, like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So and he jumped down during oh, one of the songs, Donna was getting it in. And she's like right there and she was going in. One of her solos, they were you know, all taking their solos. Prince jumps off the stage and walking right past us. Ooh. And everybody, and he went to the back of the room, right? And everybody started <laughs> following him. And I rushed up to the floor. I, and somebody was pushing me. I swear to God, I couldn't move. <laughs> you were Nancy in his was way. pushing me, saying, go ahead, Sue, go ahead. My feet would not 
Wow. Get unstuck from the floor. I kicked myself later, but I couldn't move. It's he overwhelming. It's overwhelming because at that point, it's all overwhelming. You're talking been a fan of his for over 30 years plus. And and I couldn't I couldn't move. I'm like, why can't I move? Oh. I'm feeling it right now. And then I when I got home, I wrote a big <laughs> review about it and he posted it on his page. Oh. <laughs> and you know, I I'll tell you one thing. I never heard from that person again until I was diagnosed with heart failure, and that person oh. sent me some books. Oh, that person wow. sent me some books, um, The Sword of the Lord, uh, and this book called How Not to Die. And mm, yeah, wow. And then I never heard from that person again. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So can I yeah. can I add, can I add something about why the social media part wasn't unbelievable? Um, to me because I did believe it was him and also just yeah. the model of him doing something like that. So <clears throat> when after purple rain and when he started to ramp up his efforts to, you know, get from up under Warner brothers and he started the, the music club, I joined that mm-hmm. uh, and it was really cheap. It was like you joined for, I don't know, $25 lifetime or something. So wow. at that time, at that time, most people weren't trying to hear from Prince at that moment. He People just yeah. weren't as interested. So I joined and, you know, I'd get a little newsletters and things like that. But then one day I got this, pa- this card that had a passcode to this website. Mm-hmm. And it was like this little virtual world you can go into. It's almost like playing a game. Yeah. So when I mentioned I went to see him in concert for concert, you know, it was a great time. It, it had a lot to do with that because you could go in, he would announce a concert and he would tell you when he would open up this doorway, you could go in. And if you, go, if you got in, you can get tickets for really cheap. So I know I got wow. a tickets for like $25 Wow! Um, and they would be up close seats, like seats, like wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. or things like that. So I have a similar story to Susie. I didn't get to meet Prince, but on one of those, and this, one of those concerts I got to go to, it was the musicology tour. Mm. When, every, when he was again, hot again. And, you can't, um, couldn't get a ticket to that. <laughs> I, I got a ticket. And not only did I get a ticket, I got a ticket in like the first three rows. So this was when um, he was bringing people up on stage. Mm. This was in Connecticut, yeah, Hartford, yeah. Connecticut. Um, and I, he was bringing people on stage and they got to me and, and the woman right beside me got to go up on stage and they stopped. And I thought I would just die right there. They stopped Aww. pulling people up. Not only did she get to go, she was, she got to go up there, but she was the one, he did this little skit where he said he was sick and he sat on this red velvet sofa and he's, he brought up this nice big soup cup and he told this woman, you know, um, I want you to feed me soup. It was <laughs> it was the woman standing next to me oh, got to feed him oh, oh, soup, <laughs> and I just thought I would just fall on the floor right there. So then yep. when she came back, I didn't know her, and we just screamed, and I think we hugged for like five minutes, and and I said, okay, let me get some of this energy. I can't believe it. So <laughs> that was the closest I ever came to actually oh. meeting him. Oh. Wait a minute, oh, so this is your brain, honey. You had his sweat on your body. I know. Anything that anybody will ever say from a fan perspective, his sweat landed on your his face. DNA. Yeah, his DNA. His DNA was animal lust. <laughs> but the other, the other sad part of 
part about it too is that I mean we'll probably get to this later, but you know the whole the, him dying. He died on my birthday. Oh, I and the, the thing that I didn't know he he had died. I was on the phone with my friend. We always call each other to wish, wish each other happy birthday because their birthday is just one day apart. And so we're talking and he's and he just stopped and he just kept saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, what is wrong? And finally, he said, Prince, Prince is dead. And I just hung up the phone on him. No, 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 no. My no. phone was blowing up. And at first I assumed it was people calling to wish me happy birthday. But I just saw text threads like, is she OK? Is she, you know, does, does she know? So in a way, I feel like, yes, that that sweat was like, you know, 30 yes. years ago, but then this happened. So my cousin, who was a big Prince fan, too, she said, you know what, consider that a big shout out that he chose to move on the day you were born. I said, yeah, I mean, after after a while, that made me feel a little better. But birthdays are always bittersweet now, like. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday, or yeah, that's uh, it. yeah. Same, because yeah. mine's April 22nd, so I'm like, well, oh, that's birthday. You're right behind oh. My cousin's is April 22nd as well. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I, I feel that. I'm like, well, birthdays are always going to be ruined a little bit, but yeah. um, <laughs> I kind of just decide to always be in Tenhassen for my birthday Yeah, or something like that. All and that I, love, girl. All that yeah. love. It's a magical time to be in um, the city during that time. I've done it two years in a row, and, and I can't describe it. It's indescribable, just all the love and support. And um, I mean, I have lifelong friends that I've made there. Yeah, it's like a bubble where there's, you know why you're there, and it's not, you know, the best circumstance, but you're around everybody who understands, and they just want to be with other people who get it. And you're not weird and any of that. I would uh, recommend to everybody, everybody, everybody who's having difficulty with this thing, with him being gone, to go to Paisley Park. Absolutely. It's where it has healing properties in it. It helped me so much. It I haven't so been much. able to do it. <laughs> and then this year, it was a lot not even being in Paisley Park, but being in the city around, like Susie said, being around... And and Kanisha too, being around the family, you know, the purple family who yeah, gets yeah, it yeah, is yeah. very cathartic. You can't you have to kind of be in it to really know what it is. And the one show I did go to in Philly, I remembered that. And that is why I said I had to go to the tribute shows in September of twenty sixteen because I remembered how good it felt to be around all that love. It's it's, it's festive, yeah. but it was love and positivity and people who wanted to have fun. And it was, I wanted that energy. And this the and energy is indescribable. And you need, you need it. Because uh, in your life, in your real life, you need I have it. nobody that could understand what I was going through. Nobody. Yes. Everybody knew how that, um, uh, because I had people calling me all day. They was calling my sister, saying, "How is she? How is she? How is she?" They right. wouldn't even call me. They would call my sister, but nobody oh. would. I put there was nobody I could say, "Oh my God, I feel worse than when my father died." Because hmm. you would feel, they would look at you like, "What?" Right. You know, but yeah, hopefully people will understand that. I thought I never thought that, especially at my my health. At that time, was uh, I, I never thought, but I took um, comfort in the fact that I would not see Prince die. I would die before he did. Yeah, I, oh I never thought God. we'd be yeah. having this kind of conversation yeah. about him. Never. 
one of the po- one of the positive things about him, you know, his transition is, you know, I have I have two kids, and so you know, they were trying to understand why, you know, why is mommy sad? Why is, you know, why is she upset? And so sure, I played Prince music when they were babies and little, but they didn't really connect it. So that's when I really dug into his entire, entire, um, the catalog that I have, which is, you know, everything. And um, my kids, you know, absolutely love him now. And and, so sweet. and they're music snobs because they're now, my daughter's 11. And my son is six and they're music snobs. So they, they will critique other music based on what they oh, my yeah. daughter, you know, my daughter did a couple of drawings for me, um, you know, and, and she even said she's in middle school now. And so she said, you know, Ethan, who's a kid in one of her classes, he loves Prince. He was wearing, uh, you know, a T-shirt, a Prince T-shirt. Now this kid is wow. 11 years old. So the next generation, just like when yeah. Michael died, the next generation of kids, you know, yeah. are learning about real genius and musicianship because they don't have it now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, and I know there are lots of really popular people out here, but there are no, there are really no geniuses in um, yeah. the the current music generation uh in, in my opinion i'm sure there are people who would disagree with me but um i think our generation had the last of them or have the yeah, last yeah, of them. yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that the that younger kids who you know were barely even born some of them not, you know barely even born you know at parts of his career are now like oh they really get it so um so that's the one better than the young fan yeah I had yeah, to take my daughter heart. to see, um, she want, you know, of course she didn't get to see Prince, but I did take her to see, um, the revolution with me and, uh, and she really enjoyed the, the music and, mm-hmm. um, you know, had a really good time. So that, that's the closest she'll, she'll get, but I, you know, I could feel his spirit through that music and, um, and, and they did a really nice job. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, it was the closest I could ever get her to uh, Prince's music live. So what's something that you wish people knew about Prince that you experienced and that you hope they also had that kind of similar experience? The thing for me is I wish that the whole world could feel the love that we feel. Mm. I, I really do believe that if, if people could experience his message and the, uh, what do you say, the aura of the whole Prince movement, like that love sexy feeling, that this world would be a better place. <laughs> People would be more compassionate, would be uh, smarter because Prince challenged you. Mm-hmm. He made you curious. He, he made you um, uh, tolerant. And uh, just more compassionate with just through his music, uh, anything from animal kingdom to uh, love for one another, and you know all of this. Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where that feeling you get in Paisley Park was everywhere, and it's not a, there's not enough of it. And I just wish people could feel because if they could listen, dig into those songs and listen to that, you would not be able to help but feel that kinship with your brothers and sisters and 
you know, feel like love. That love is what I wish for everybody on this planet. Hmm. To to echo what Susie is talking about, I, I also really wish that people had a um, appreciation for his emphasis on non-judgment and caring about fellow man and one of my friends is a very masculine guy he tells the most hysterically funny story about how prince turned him out and he he initially just took got some tickets to his show to get with this girl and ended up being so transfixed by prince and this is during the dirty mind era and not one, not knowing what really happened to him, that he couldn't even talk about it to his boys. And he said what he got from that after his uncle, who was a cute dog, was stepping into Sexy Dancer, he's like, oh, I'm okay with this now. You know, he validated his love for this guy's music because he became all in. He said Prince taught him not to be so homophobic and judgmental yeah, and yeah. dismissive of people who were not like him. And I tell you, right. to me... That was always his yeah. message. And that's what resonated with me at such a young age is don't judge me until you get to know me. And then if you yeah. still want to judge me, F you. I, I'm going to be yeah. me regardless of how you think. The two men, I always taught his, his rebellion not as a way of being disrespectful, but a plea to be seen in all of his eclecticness that didn't necessarily fit into your bubble. And, and right, he was, right. you know, his intellect always just grabbed me and he fascinated me. But like Susie said, he challenged me and sometimes he got on my nerves because he reminded me of my brother and his mischief because I can tell he's tweaking. I can tell he's doing it. I didn't fall for the okie doke. But he really, really emphasized even later in life. Um, I love it was one of the last clips I really paid hard attention to it. He said, you know, as we get older, we all need one another and it's going to get rougher. And, you know, it sounded, you know, it may sound hippie like and corny like, but he really, really, really was about love. Take all yeah. the sexuality away and everything else. He really was about love for every living thing, not just the humans, yeah. but the animals as well. And let's look past everything that's right in your face and do a deeper dive and you may just learn something and i'm always learning even though 40 years in i'm 50 he came into my life at age 10 i'm still learning so much and it feels so good and i'm meeting people because i'm open now where i wasn't open before and prince taught me that yeah i would add i I really like what Susie said about um his connection to his fans and in the presence that people would feel, you know, for him. And when you're around other fans, I, I really get that. And I, I would say that I just wish people could just feel how profound that is. And I, you know, his, in his career, you saw him doing that deep spiritual work on himself. And I think we, we earned the fruits of that as his fans and people mm-hmm. followed him. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that. But the other thing I want to um, add, too, is that when we, we talked earlier about influences, and I know after Prince died, I was reading a lot of different biographies of other musical geniuses, not in the same, I don't put them in the same category for me, for Prince, but they were geniuses. So I was re- remembering reading uh, Maurice White's um, mm-hmm. autobiography oh, for yeah. Fire. And 
I know at least three or four times he brought about, he brought up Prince. Mm-hmm. Now Maurice was a genius and, um, but he was not also, he was also someone that I learned was not easy to work with, yeah. too, but mm-hmm. he was so impressed with Prince. He, he was, Prince was really the only musician outside of the earth, outside of earth, wind and fire that he would just kind of come back to. And I just thought that was really That's interesting. Dope. This person, you know, much younger than him, you know, I just thought that was really deep for yeah and and Maurice had a you know a spiritual journey that he went on so that was I think very um telling Carlos Santana is another one that done that and said that even before Prince died and I'm I'm a fan of Carlos Santana's too so these people who also publicly have done their spiritual journey and when they talk about other influences they go back to Prince who again was a generation yeah you know beyond him. So I just think that that shows how profoundly connected he became with people. And I, I, you just don't get that with any and all musicians or artists. So that's what I would add to that question. Kenisa, can I also piggyback on one thing that, that Alicia said real quick? One of the things, Alicia, I, I definitely, um, it resonated with me about the two artists you spoke of, because mm-hmm. like I said, Carlos Santana is so prolific in my life. Yeah. Both he and Maurice have a connection with brand new prints to the, to the game. Maurice mm-hmm. was actually the producer that the the label Warner Brothers wanted to produce Prince and Prince yeah. very eloquently wrote that he wrote a letter to Owen to express to them that he wanted to produce himself. No offense to Maurice, mm-hmm. we have respect for him, but he didn't want him producing his record. Mm-hmm. And with Santana, when they went out to California to record the, the first album, they met Carlos. They actually were invited. Um, they were there and Carlos invited both he and Andre to jam with him. And here this is in Car- and Carlos Santana was huge then. Carlos said he knew. He knew that this young young artist was going to be something to set the world on fire that he had not experienced. And it's so wonderful to hear these established musicians pay homage to this youngster because he was a teenager still. But they mm-hmm. knew and respected what he was trying to do. And to get that validation from people who were already on their way or already established as legends, unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unheard of. You know, his musicianship was recognized very early on by the veterans. And you can't deny it. That that mm-hmm. guy was, was really a genius, like in the truest sense. It's not an opinion. Exactly. You know, when you got your other established artists paying homage, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I would love to see more of that from the veterans uh, passing that torch or just paying homage to the youngsters that they see out here doing real work. And I can't say I remember any artist that that, that has done that across the board. Because you look at Eric Clapton, you know, as a guitarist, when people say, hey, what is it like? I think his quote was, someone asked him, what is it like to be the greatest guitarist in the world? And he said, I don't know. Ask Prince. Yeah, I remember that. I love that quote. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I get emotional just talking about his musicianship because mm-hmm. I, I think back to how I missed the boat on getting a ticket. I really wanted to see the piano microphone tour. And I know, Kanisa, you got to see that last mm-hmm. one. Um that experience of seeing that man work at his craft, because to me, he played the 
piano in the beginning a lot. I saw a lot of him doing piano stuff, not the guitar, or I read about it. But you got to see him working on stage. And can I ask you what that was like to hear? Because I hear clips where people went crazy the minute he went in on I Want to Be Your Lover. Like It was like it was a knee-jerk for, for us in the community tying back into what was that like being so young and feeling that crowd like, ah, you know, when they heard it? Yeah, because, I mean, for me, it was my first concert. <laughs> wow. It was crazy because, um, of course, we got the tickets and I, I had my prints savings account ready when he was sitting and run for like a year <laughs> and, and then they announced it and I was like alright here we go this is about to happen I remember um, because they had the lottery thing so you had to um, come in and wait on the website to open up the tickets wow. since he didn't do Ticketmaster then and so I was like I have a meeting because I remember at work I had a um, celebration meeting for uh, something that we launched at work I'm like yeah I'll be in there in a second there's something important I need to do okay <laughs> and I got my ticket and I was ready to pay whatever I it was just me I went by myself because right. I didn't really have Prince fans like that and so I dressed up like it was a real date uh, and I was like right. okay Prince is gonna see me in the in the audience <laughs> but um I went there and I remember being overwhelmed just like Alicia was saying because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's a full body experience mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. You're seeing him, you're hearing him, you're, there's inflection in his voice, mm-hmm. there's the energy in the room of everyone being very excited, especially since, you know, he had canceled the Atlanta, yeah, the first the airplane incident back. had happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like, everybody was just so happy to see him and it was so loud. It, there's so much mm-hmm. love in the room for him. And he got overwhelmed even because we're just <laughs> so loud. We're so loud. And he, we're so extra. <laughs> yeah. And he like walked off the, the, the stage and he came back. And he's like, because uh, he played Heroes by David Bowie. Wow. He's like, some of these songs really get to me. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much love. And I remember leaving and I was just like, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I couldn't think straight. It was like old school TV, the snow. My brain was like that. I'm like, I don't even know what I just experienced. And... <laughs> I remember like I was I was a fan before I had a lot of his music and um, but I was like, okay, so now I'm going to be up there, try to go this weekend. I'm like, I'm trying to stop Prince. We're going to date. No, but and that was the strangest thing because I remember on the 21st, I was sitting on my couch because I had a really bad migraine that day and I I don't usually get them that bad. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go to work. I was sitting on my couch like, why is this headache? worse than usual and wow. I was actually reading a Prince book <laughs> and then my co-worker texted me and he was like um, a body was found at Paisley Park and I was like oh it was probably some party or something here. and then when it was Prince like I like literally threw up because I was like what do you mean I just saw you oh. literally a week ago oh. how could oh, this happen fine. so it it was just a crazy time to you know how all of that happened but like Alicia said it's brought so much of us together because before that yeah. I was all about work. I went to work. I went home, didn't have any friends, nothing. Cause I was yeah. like, I don't have time. I don't have the energy to do, to build those relationships. And then I was like, that could easily happen to me that I work so hard. I don't have any relationships. If something happens to me, people are going to be checking for me because I didn't, you know, take the time to step out and think of my life as more than just work. Absolutely. And then when he transitions, like I met all these people who love him as much as I do. And yeah, I traveled to Paisley Park with some of my, my music co-hosts. We didn't know each other. We just met each other online. Like, okay. Let's go to Paisley Park. Let's all go together. And it's like some of them, it was the first time they were on a plane even just to go Ow, see yeah. Prince in a way. So I, I really appreciate and love. It sucks yeah. that was the circumstance that this yeah. happened, but I've made some of my greatest, closest friends in my whole life 
because of Prince. I, I and really, I really, I really relate to that because I feel like that's that's part of his legacy. This community of love that that has been built. Yeah, yeah. Before we close, um, since this is a, a podcast about his blackness, uh, that feeling I got because I always, you know. Prince is black. The, the, the things he says, like, he sounds like a country-ass uncle sometimes when he's like, come in and grow what your name is, and that boy go to church. That's why he got his wallet taped up. That we could right. relate to that, but the, yep. the most visceral um, a black experience I got from Prince, and I, I cried when I first heard it, was the Baltimore song and the, everything that happened around there. Because that was a time for me, I was like angry and mm-hmm. all the Trump stuff was going on and the, the white yeah. supremacy. And I swear to God, there was something I needed, you know, just angry, angry. And the person I love most in the world, my favorite artist, was like feeling it too. Yeah. And, and he and he had something for it. Does anybody hear us pray? And boy, I felt, oh, and that video, that's still my favorite video of all the beautiful Prince face videos. No, Baltimore is the one for me. Baltimore, it just, uh, it brought him home like, yeah, I needed that. And I told him that too. And he, he he definitely let it be known, you know, he was very aware of where he was in this world as far as being a black man in this country and not liking the stuff that he was seeing. And to piggyback off of what Kanisa was saying, the one concert I was able to go to, and I hope someone can confirm this, but do you all remember this video that was circulating about a, a girl he pulled up on stage and he just let her do her thing, but she ended up chasing him up on the piano and yeah, she the back video. of her dress up. Rodney, one yeah. of my friends is saying that that was in the Philly at the same show I went to, but it was the after party that I had no idea about because I wasn't tied into the online world because my girlfriend and I, Katrina, we would have gone. She's, you know, and being at that concert, I can't tell you, I can't even tell you what the set list was. I screamed from the beginning to the end. I could not believe I was finally, I was so excited and all the love and we got to see our guy because at this point we probably were fans for 20 years and then we ran into our third girlfriend who literally he literally had on Daisy Dukes with the butt cut out. Like when we, we knew, when we got to go see our guy, we had to represent him. Um, and of course by then he wasn't cursing. He was, you know, his show was very toned down, but we were still like, we got you, boo. Like, we going to bring sexy back. Like, we got you. And it was a very, I just loved how, even though he has such a wide eclectic brand of his music, I was still very connected to him as a black woman. And I knew he would appreciate the fact that we were bringing that sensuality to his show as well. And, you know, I can't exp- I can't put into words what it felt like being at his concert. I just knew it was you know, church. He, he redefined black masculinity. He, he really redefined did. it. He yeah. really did. And because he really did. nobody was Teddy was demanding and King Sweat was begging and it was like, no, and rappers were all what's it? And angry. Yeah, massaging. Yeah. 
Prince was the only one that said how you want to be done. And, and do it the way you, he was, the woman was saying, yeah. always, he, he, always he, he redefined masculinity, especially black masculinity. And, and he made it okay to be old, to, to show a little bit of that. I never yes. thought of him as feminine. Like my son to this day is like, mom, you try, because I let him watch the, the, the special with the butt out pants. Because to me, after he traumatized me with, 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 you know, the zebra outfit little situation. He kicked his leg up and I saw things and groceries. I was like, if you're not seeing bare squint skin and actual hair growing down there, you're good. You are not, you don't know the meaning of Prince shock and awe. He's just trying to stir the pot a little bit to build, to build buzz. And um, I will always be grateful for him because he encouraged conversations be it controversy or not, because Sister is one of the songs that really encouraged us to have conversations. I didn't really get into the lyrical content until years and years later, but it spawned conversations like, well, what if did it really happen? And we would flip it around that if he was white and he was talking about, and he was a girl saying that his 12-year-old or his 30-something-year-old sibling or her 30-something-year-old sibling was was actually having relations with him, with somebody he locked up. So we really actually put it into that racial connotation as if it was flipped around, would people be outraged? And I'm not sure, you know, if he, he always said the song was true, but I really appreciate him for encouraging a different kind of conversation. And it caused me yeah, to kind of look yeah. at him like, did it really happen? Was he in pain? And that's worthy of another show altogether because I actually gave a UK interview about how that song really as young girls coming of age, encourage conversations that I would never have had with other folks. And I, I will ultimately always be appreciative, even though, you know, it was kind of controversial the way he presented it. I'm glad he broached the subject matter, you know, because nobody else was really doing that. When you start talking about incest in, in, in the black community, it's a, it's a problem. Um, and it just, it really encouraged conversations that would not have otherwise happened. Can, see, can I say, can I say one more quick thing? Because the, I think this is, <clears throat> this maybe wraps up in terms of how we were talking about how connected we were. You you talked about your experience the day that he died and, and all of that. So the, the headache and how you felt that before he died. So I mentioned my daughter is an artist and she hadn't really had much exposure to Prince until, you know, after he died. And so on my birthday that morning, she decided she was going to draw me a picture. And when she gave me the picture, it was just something she scribbled right before she got on the bus, had really no time to think about it, quite literally. And it was, and she's never seen this picture. It was the eyes from the When Doves Cry in wow. inside, um, cover um and i said to her i said i said this is the cover from when doves cry or the the liner notes of um purple rain but that you know from the video if you see that and i said wow she said yeah i know how much you love prince and that was that day she gave that to me so i just so when you talk about your headache and then the, and my daughter just feeling moved draw that for me right as she's going out of the door and i find yeah. hours later i just think that wow. just says a whole lot about how wow, connected he is to yeah. all of us and he I, in, a, in a way almost felt like that was you know I, i'm okay i think he wanted 
someone else to relay that message, I'm okay. And what better way to do that through a child who had no idea about his impact or anything. So I just wanted to hear that too. And I still have that picture too. So (laughs) that's amazing. And so important, especially as we're all still trying to struggle or surviving (laughs) friends. Yes. But I, I, I truly believe that, you know, when you transition and it ain't over <laughs> and right. we're all here yeah. to both support each other. And also yeah. he's, he's still here in a very present way and sometimes nagging and it, everyone. <laughs> and it's our, respons- it's our responsibility to pass it on, to uphold it. Please support everything. I don't care what comes out of that. But I'm going to support everything, whatever I can do. And I can't do a lot, but I can buy a t-shirt and I can buy all the music. I'm going to, if, if it's up to me and I can get tired, you know, if it's up to me, I'm going to, people 300 years from now is going to hear, going to know about Prince. If, if it's up to me, I'm supporting Absolutely. You know, I hope everybody does. Yeah, his, de- his legacy definitely beckons that. I spent more money on, on Prince stuff um, in, in support of his, you know, his his legacy in the last couple of years. You know, his death, like Alicia, like some of the signs, you know, I Alicia knows the story. I'll, I'll share it, you know, with you all in the room, um, in the okay. chat room, because it's pretty heavy. Um, um, a few weeks after, yes, yeah, very heavy. At the few weeks after Prince passed, um and I took it so hard. I was at work. I worked in a very controlled environment. So no cell phones, no television, anything. But I had this meme of Prince on my, on my desk. And my, my, my coworker next to me had the same meme with a different one. So my meme was that tunic, the blue tunic, when he has his afro. He had gone to the U.S. Open with, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, I can't think of her name right now. Demaris. Demaris. And Edith. And mm-hmm. it said, I'm officially unbothered. What? That, that, wow. on my desk. Don't come to my desk asking me stupid stuff. You don't, don't do it because you might get your feelings hurt. Be on yeah. point and be brief and keep it pushing. She, my next store, my desk mate had, um, no. <laughs> so <laughs> those two memes, that was pretty much letting, because we had some, we had an extra chief of staff. He was extra. And he literally would go, really? And we were like, really? You can email us. Like, don't even come up here. Um, and because he was the king of shade, Prince was the king of shade, and he allowed me to to be shady without getting fired. Um, (laughs) you know and when we found out it was a shock because you know we didn't have access to the outside world to even know and it took me a while to cry and by the time it set in was when this other thing happened and I can assure you ladies that going and throwing myself into the purple world has helped me on my transition from healing from that as well because I I just had something really awful happen on Prince's birthday the year he passed away. So it's all connected and it's painful. But because of the love and because of the support and because of my tribe, you know, um, I can't thank him and his beautiful community that has been built around him enough. Because two years later, I can say I'm kind of getting on the other side of it and his transitioning, even though I have my days where I just literally burst into tears and say why. And like, why did you leave us? You know, it's still like raw. It's like you snatch a scab off, but I don't feel crazy. Sometimes I do feel crazy, but I feel like I'm not alone in the feeling of trying to still grapple with it. And that's comfort in that, you know, it's it's very comforting. 
And I want to thank you, Kanisa, for even allowing me and my motor mouth yeah. to even try to <laughs> share these musings. Because th- I think kind of out of the box about, uh, you know, Prince. I've never met anybody that thinks about him in the manner in which I do. Um, so it's so nice to to have um, the opportunity to share that. And hopefully someone will learn something from it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Because yeah. I, I really appreciate hearing the perspective. Because, again... I'm 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 33, so I'm kind of young, but also not. I'm in the middle there, but it's really cool to hear like what it was like from the early days, from, yeah. especially from a black perspective, because we always hear, you know, once he was quote big unquote in right. the pop market. But like yeah. when I listen to bootlegs, this I'm gonna say it's always interesting to hear the background of when he's singing in the yes. early days, because you know the audience is black from what they're saying yeah. and all the vernacular we have, and it's like. How come we don't hear from those people more? Because that that's an interesting time. Like, as you guys said, sexuality in the Black community is something that we... It's in our music, but it's from a, you know, gospel pr- tradition. Like, you had Marvin Gaye and all yeah. those people who kind of played that line. So it's not... That part isn't quite new. But if you're coming up and you're young and you're discovering yourself and from a yeah. Black perspective, again, where we don't talk about sex, guys, but then here's Prince <laughs> and it's okay. And yes. you're embracing it. And even like as an adult, that's been my, or as I'm coming up, I have the same kind of thing there. Like I'm coming aware of, you know, in college, listening to musicology and being like, what is this feeling that I have? Right. <laughs> right. Professor, okay, yes. learn about myself. So it's, it's really important part of coming of age, especially with Prince, wherever you start, whether it's 11 year old now or 11 year old in the 80s and or even the 70s yeah, that right, 70. it's such a huge part of becoming a person and understanding that it's okay to feel these things and know yourself and not be ashamed in any of it Absolutely. so i really appreciate you guys coming on to giving validation to my own experience i'm like yeah that i felt that too <laughs> and it doesn't matter where you come to him but the lessons are always going to be there. I actually found that so fascinating that you said that. So here we are 40 years later and he's, you know, well, in your, in your situation, 30 years after, you know, I first had that (laughs) feeling that one artist could could generate that. And, and I really Mm -hmm. think that that is what drives our very intense attachment and i learned a co-worker was a closet this guy was a closet prince fan he got tickets to a dc show in 2013 i'm so mad at him he showed me a picture that his girl it was a girl that he knew like prince she she was brave enough he was too terrified she took a picture because you know prince i didn't take my camera with me to the spectrum i left at home because i didn't want to get kicked out i was that scared of him throwing me out and you know it was notorious you couldn't have cameras he has this picture he said, and he's married now over 30 years, he got married because his wife was such a Purple Rain Prince fan that to talk to her, he had to be able to talk Prince. He's a DJ. And he named his son one of Prince's names. And it is so fascinating how for both boys and girls, the impact this man had on us at, very, at such a young age. And in his life, he met his wife through Prince. And they're still married. Mm-hmm. They're still married. Yeah. So thank you guys for being on today. Um, do you guys have any social media you want to share or you can be followed? Oh, no. Well, I'm Suzy <laughs> Six everywhere. Suzy Six. S U Z E E S I X or Suzy Marie Clay on Facebook. 
Awesome. Hey, Susie. Okay. Well, thank you guys. And um, thanks for listening to News to the Pharaoh. See you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Make a butterfly Little darling Don't you want to try There ain't nothing better Than looking for me Seeing you Seeing you in the mirror One thousand light